Welcome to Three Tales Max, the chronicles of my life. And I'm putting this together for really my family. The reason I call this Three Tales Max is if you hear more than three of these tales at one time, I guarantee you, you're going to say, that guy's lying, that cannot possibly be true. Well, this is the truth as I remember it. An autobiography, a recap of my life, the Chronicles of Three Tales Max. So let's get started. And remember, it's not my fault. This is the earliest thing I can remember from my childhood. I've talked to my mom about it, who is still alive at this time, and she says I must have been about three years old. I mean, I was a young whippersnapper, a little kid, and uh, my parents' only child at the time. So we used to, to, as a family, go for evening rides. We would take and get in this old 1941 Willys Jeep. My dad has had that Jeep for, had it forever, and I, I have vivid memories of it all through my childhood and my teenage years. But we got in this Jeep. I can remember the Jeep from being three years old. We went to this spot. We go to this spot a lot. It's uh, back in the woods. And I have to tell you that this memory is very fuzzy. It's like in soft focus to me. Very, very soft focus. I don't have explicit, like you would recall something like it happened yesterday. I don't have that type of memory with this. But it makes me warm in the heart every time I think about it. And especially while I'm going to record it today for all of you. The, the memory starts with me playing in a field, a big grassy field. And I'm, I'm familiar with this field. We've, I have been there before uh, since then. And my dad's talking to me and we're having a good time. And, you know, just, just spending time with the family. The sun's shining. It's in the afternoon, you know, probably early evening. Uh, the sun's still out. And my dad, who's he's a big hunter and fisherman, uh, says, Hey, look, over there's a, over there's a rabbit. And I look and I see this rabbit. I can remember vividly seeing this rabbit. And I, I, I don't know. It's where it gets, again, a little bit fuzzy and soft focus, if you would. Uh, I don't remember how, but somehow I decide that I'm going to catch this rabbit. All works. I, I do, as I state this or as my parents find out that I'm going to do this, I can hear them in my memory. They're like chuckling and laughing. He's never going to catch that rabbit. Yeah, this is rabbits because this is a wild rabbit. And they're fast. They will hold steadfast for a period of time. But when you get close, boom, they will take off. If you know anything at all about, about wild rabbits. Uh, and they blend in really, really well with their surroundings. Uh, it was a you know wild rabbit. can remember walking over closer and closer, inching closer and closer to the rabbit. And I have this hat in my hand. I take this hat. And boom, I jump out and I just cover the rabbit. Lo and behold, I can hear my, my parents talking. Oh my God, he caught the rabbit. Can you believe that? Can, you know, it's like, that's amazing. He's a little kid, whatever. Again, it's a fuzzy memory, but I, I do remember them talking about me. Very gently, for some reason, decide I wanted to take a closer look at the rabbit because it's under the hat. So I lift the hat just a little tiny bit and nothing, a little bit more, a little bit more. And as soon as the rabbit deems the crack is big enough, boom, he comes out and runs away. And I remember being sad. I remember crying. I remember my mom and dad consoling me. Just one of the few early memories, and that is the earliest memory. I've talked to my mother about it. Uh, she does remember the incidents. She and I have kind of pieced this together, guessing I'm around three years old. And between the two of us, no one can figure out where the hat came from or how I got this hat. 
but she agrees that I had a hat. So number next one. Let's go to the other end of the continuum in my life. Very, very sad moment. Not, not the end of my life, but the end of a pet's life. Okay. I love dogs. I've had several dogs throughout my life. I currently don't have any pets. Um, I'm at a point in my life where I just can't stand to lose another pet. It's very, very emotional for me, as is for everyone who loves pets. You don't have pets because you don't love them, right? So this is a, this is a, a story of, of one of my pets, my last pet. Uh, I'm married. Uh, we've had this pet for a long time. My children know this pet. Uh, this, you know, it's, it's a dog. It's a Cocker Spaniel. And she's probably, I don't know, 14 maybe, human years, 14 years old. This is a long time for my dog to be alive. This is the end of her lifespan we're talking about. And she becomes, you know, just incontinent. She's really, really blind. Not totally blind, but she runs into things. She can't see very well. She's deaf. She can't hear you. She can't hear anything. I mean, she's completely deaf. You can tell when you look at her, she has tumors protruding from her. Didn't need a vet to tell me that she has cancer. You can tell this. She's losing weight. So it's time. It's time to have the conversation. Alice and I get together and we start talking about euthanasia. It's difficult. You don't want to have this conversation. Okay, it's a pet. This pet is a part of my life. It's been a part of our lives for 14 years. We got the pet. We're actually on the way home from uh, seeing my grandfather for the last time in a hospital. And, you know, just a lot of sentimental things around this dog and, and, and how much she means to me uh, and to Alice, the whole family. It's not just me. So we're having this conversation. And it's really, really difficult. And so before we go on, let me just remind you, you know, I'm a country boy. I'm a redneck. I'm, I'm a guy who gets things done on my own. I don't look for help from other people. And Alice is more of a suburban girl, city girl. Her, you know, her ideas of how to, to uh, get our pet to pass on and mine are really different. I, uh, you know, we had this conversation. I said, look, I can do this. I've done this in the past with, with many of, of the pets that I've had. Uh, I've never never had to do it with one I've had so long, but my father and I have done it with pets that we ha- you know we had as a family. I, I go out and uh, you know take care of business here. Uh, I do it on my own. Uh, I've done it like I said, I've done it before with my father. It's not easy by any sense of the word, but at least I'm there. I'm you know I'm going to take all the pain away. You know it's quick. It's painless. It's, I mean, it's the sheer definition of euthanasia. Right? Well, we're talking about this, and Alice is like, you're not doing that. What, what do you think you're doing? That is not how a civilized person puts a pet to sleep. So, okay, that argument can rain on as long as you like. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is, as always, Alice really has a better idea of how to do things than I do. Supposedly. You tell me when you hear the end of this. I don't take the children with me. I don't take Alice with me. My kids are very young. They're, uh, let's see. Well, they're not even in grade school yet. They're so young. Uh, They have not started school. So 
I pack up the dog and we head to the animal shelter. And, you know, I'm, I'm preparing myself. I know what's coming. My pet does not. Uh, so we'd get there, we get to the place and help her in and out of the truck. It's slow. It's, you know, I have her on a leash because she can't hear, she can't see, she doesn't know where she's going. Uh, in every step, you almost see the wincing of pain in her face. It's a sad sight. So, Margolot's fairly large, uh, probably acre of, of property here that is parking lot. And I'm walk, slowly walking across. And I, I hear this voice again. Parking lots, they don't do well by me. Okay, odd things happen to me in parking lots. So I hear this voice, and it's Alice's friend. Um, you would know her as the uh, wet bride of the vodka and tonic wedding. Okay, good friend of Alice's. Starts hollering, hey, 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 how you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. She's all happy because she's there with her kids. You know, she wants to show them the animals that are there. It's, you know, people do this. I do this. You know, you go to, you go to the shelter. You look at what's going on. You hopefully you rescue some because that's really the best thing that can happen to these animals. And I'm in just a horrible mood. Horrible mood. And I'm not myself. I'm, you know, I'm in a bad mood. In a sad mood. Not a bad mood. Sad mood. The friend says, oh, what are you doing here? And I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking. I'm kind of shuffling my feet, my head's down, and I just blurt out, I'm here to kill the dog. Well, that's not an appropriate thing to say to young children. You don't say that kind of stuff. And as you can suspect, her kids start to cry. She looks at me like, you know, you have four heads. What are you doing? Why are you saying this around my children? I mean, you can obviously, she can obviously see that my dog is in pain and why I'm here now, right? So she gathers up her kids, put them in the car, drives off. I don't know where she does not come inside the, the animal shelter that day. If that isn't weird enough so far, now things really take a turn into this is weird. Okay, so I go inside the building and there's a person there and yeah, that person I think can see that I'm not there to look at the pup. He uh, greets me. How you doing, sir? Oh, fine. Da, 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 da. You know, just their normal kind of stuff. And it's uh, like, what can I do for you? He's like, well, I'm here to kill my pet. And again, I'm not in my bright mind. I'm thinking very distant place. Like, like when this is over, it's going to even feel worse. Well, you don't go to an animal shelter and tell them you're there to kill a dog. That's just not how you act. You don't. No normal human being would ever say or act, say anything like that, or act like that. Well, that's what I should have learned by now. Well, he kind of about half flips out a bit and he's like, blah, blah, blah. you know, killing animals bad, da, 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 and so forth and so on. I don't remember the exact conversation because I'm going, I did it again. Three seconds after I did it before, I did it again. Right? You just don't talk like that. It's it's true, but it's a little just too bold and crass. All right, so I finally, you know, we talk them down to I talk them down to earth, and um, the pet and I are standing there, and luckily, you know, the pet's deaf; she can't hear what's going on, and uh, we get back to a normal conversation. The clerk, I don't know what to call him, other than a clerk, a normal looking guy, normal person, you know, works in an animal shelter, loves animals. Why would you work there if you didn't love animals? He says, uh, all right, 
So he says, would you like to be there when you, when we inject the uh, materials into, into your pet? I'm like, be there? I thought I was going to do it. And he's like, no, you can't. What are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. You can't. So he just kind of flips the switch again. Now, no one's ever told me. I've never done this before. I didn't think that that was a crass statement. I thought that was just like, I'm going there. and I'm going to do this in front of supervision. So people are making sure that my pet passes on in an appropriate fashion. So again, now, now he's like freaking out. Da, 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 da. What am I going to do? Finally, uh, again, I start to talk to him. I, I explain where I'm coming from and said, look, I'm not myself. I'm about to, my pet's about to go on and I'm never going to have her anymore. And so it's just a very difficult time for me. And I mean, he's not swearing at me or anything like that. He's just agitated. Okay. But now for the second time, he's not, not having a good time. Let's just put it that way. So then he says, okay, so listen, uh, you're not going to do it. You can go in if you want, but you're not going to do it. Like, well, I don't want to be there if I can't actually, you know, send my pet to the beyond. He's like, okay, he says, so uh, what would your donation be? What? Donation? He's like, yeah, we ask for a donation. Well, now I start to get a little agitated. It's like, I can't do it myself. You want me to pay you to kill my dog. Well, now he's going off. It's like, that's not how it is. So we're basically standing here. We're just going at this thing. I don't want to be stupid about this or crass about it. It just has transpired like that. It's This is the weird crap that happens to me. So, you know, okay. He tells me, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to have, you know... Uh, you know, be there. I'm not going to be able to to do do whatever. However, they, uh, you know, euthanize these these animals. Uh, he tells me that I'm going to have to make a donation. All right, this whole thing is just really weird, right? So I think this is the time where I should really kind of get a recap for you of what's transpired in this story. Yeah, as I talk, you know, my pet has to be humanely put down. She doesn't agree in my directions. I don't agree in hers, but I'm there. I see Alice's friends and kids, and I tell them something that I shouldn't have said it that way. I should have tried to say something else, right? Uh, that was my fault. And kids are crying. The counter guy's kind of freaking out because I'm not talking to him in an appropriate manner and, and about this situation. But the other thing to remember is, is, a very fond friend of mine is about to move on in, in her life, right? And I'm not feeling 100% by any sense of the word. Okay, back to the counter guy. And again, I should have probably realized there was something really wrong because now there are several people standing behind me. Like I told you before, whenever there's a crowd of people in my life and they're not, I'm not facing them, they're behind me, there's probably something about to go really wrong or become really, really weird. Oh, right. Here it is. Now it gets really, really weird. So the guy finally says, how much will you be donating? 
the counterman. Okay. So I've kind of cleared my head. Donation. I guess that's a sliding scale. I think it maybe have a chance to, you know, save a couple of bucks here. Maybe, uh, you know, whatever. So I asked the counter guy, what do most people donate? He says, eh, it's hard to say, you know, 100, 150 bucks. And again, it's running through my head. I can do this with very little cost and probably more humanely than he's about to do it. Uh, and he wants me to donate 150 bucks? Uh, it's not adding up. It's not adding up. So, then I have to remember, well, wait a minute, it's a donation. So this must be a negotiation. Again, I've never been inside of a place that will put your pet to sleep. I don't know how this is. I don't know how this works. Well, I learned. So he starts out, hi, it's a negotiation. Or haggling, you know, we haggle, right? That's a family term you'll hear more about as you listen to more podcasts. I know he's starting high. So I'm like, okay, haggling, negotiations. I say, how about 50 bucks? Well, you know, that's, again, not the right thing to say. He says, what do you mean, how about 50 bucks? He's like, it's, how about 150 bucks? That's the donation. So he's getting like snotty with me, right? He's getting like in my face kind of thing, not not forcefully, but his demeanor has changed to, I'm done with you. You don't know what you're talking about. And probably rightfully so, because, you know, not the best time of my life, nor have I very eloquently stated my objectives or what I want to do. So I just, you know, very kind of off the cuff say, so this is a donation, right? I can give you anything I want. And he's like, well, yeah. He says, but most people give, you know, 150, 100 bucks. Like, well, since this is a donation, now, again, I'm not in my right head. Excuse me, this one's wrong. He says, well, since this is a donation, I'm not going to give you any money. He stares at me, he's looking at me, and he doesn't know what to do. When he doesn't know what to say, I don't know, maybe this has never happened to him before. So I hand him the leash. I say my goodbyes, and I leave. Now, that's the last time I've seen my pet. I still say Alice is wrong on this one. I should have done it like I have always done it all my life with the family. You know, it's just how I was brought up. I'm a country boy. I'm a redneck. Whatever term you want to call me. Um, it would have been much more serene, much better for me. And if the, you know, the family didn't want to see it, that's their prerogative. They don't have to see it. Um... One of the saddest times in my life. Number last one. A little bit less intense for me. Let's put it that way. But still a fairly intense story about pets and critters. And this one's about critters again. My kids are in college. And Chuck and I are driving through campus. I, For whatever reason, I don't know why, but we're driving through campus. Now, this college, has, this college campus is... Uh, it really should be denoted a, a walking campus. Lots and lots and lots of students. Oh my God, there's lots of students. And uh, you can drive on this campus, but when students are you know, high peak use, 
between class changes, you know, class changes, there are tons and tons of students. They crowd the roads, they clog the roads. It's it's almost like you see a riot. Okay, and they're not rioting by any sense of the word. It's not a riot, but there's that volume of people, and they're going every direction. They're trying to get to class, um, and it's especially bu- busy. And this is when it was. It's especially busy uh, around lunchtime because of class changes and students are going to lunch or they're just getting out of bed or whatever. But there's that 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 eleven thirty to one thirty hour is couple of hours is really busy and that's what I'm driving and I'm driving right through the center of campus where the heart of all the classes are held where students are just a bustling place right just all the time da, 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 da. so my son and I are in my car um, it's a diesel remember it smokes people aren't happy with me anyways because this thing smokes pretty hard and we're inching along and you know you could, you're, you're allowed to drive on campus and students are in the road, so you have to give them the right of way. So you move a little bit and stop, move a little bit and stop. And and Chuck and I are sitting there, and we're talking, we're having you know discussion. I don't get to get to see him very often uh, when he's when he was in college. The people start to open up. They see me coming, and students are polite, He's like, "Oh, this, you know, let's let this car through. We're we're kind of clogging the arteries." And I would say maybe 10 yards down the road is open, both lanes. Now it's, you know, you can get two cars to pass on it, but it's not a big four-lane highway or anything. It's, it's a it's a road in the center of campus that you don't drive through, really. If you're going to point A to point B someplace in this town, you don't drive through this road. This is pretty much for campus use. So, oh, wow, I can see. So I'm going super slow because you don't know if someone's going to step out in front of you or where, you know, how you have to react. So I'm going very slow. I, I, I state that I'm going less than five miles an hour. I might have been going two miles an hour, right? Let's call it three. How's that? I'm going three. And I'm inching forward, inching forward, and the students are kind of backed away. I'm, I'm getting through. They're, they're really very, very close to my car. About 10 yards in front of me, I see this squirrel. And he's jumping around. There's lots of squirrels on campus. He's jumping around. And, you know, Chuck sees them, too. There's lots of squirrels on campus. Well, for some reason, the students let this squirrel come by. And I'm getting close to him, the squirrel. And he's on the left side of my car, the driver's side of the car. I'm looking, I'm watching students, I'm watching the squirrels, I'm trying to have a conversation with Chuck, and all of a sudden... The squirrel decides to cross the road. I'm going so slow, I don't react properly. It's an open space. I see the squirrel coming. Chuck is saying, hey, Dad, there's a squirrel. Like, be careful, don't hit him. So when you're driving down the road and you're in traffic and, you know, you don't necessarily, the first thing I do not do is apply the brakes. The first thing I do is turn the wheel to try to avoid the squirrel because you kind of judge it. It's, you know, it's a space, space-time continuum. How's that? There's a movie reference if you want to. Um, yeah, it's kind of a space relationship scenario and I'm looking, it's like, okay, if I go this direction, the squirrel keeps running in that direction, I will miss the squirrel. All is good with the world. And I'm going three. So I cut the wheels very hard. Well, I can tell I'm on this collision course and I'm going so slow I am going to hit the squirrel. 
and I even I probably said, oh my god or Ugh, or watch out or so I don't know I probably said something you'd have to talk talk to Chuck about it I don't know what I said but I'm still in my brain my brain doesn't react and say oh you're going three just put on the brakes dummy that doesn't happen to me okay that's just not how my brain processes the situation so the wheels are turned um, it's a the squirrel keeps going but these squirrels like they'll eat out of your hands they like people they're not afraid of anything well i ran over the squirrel now that's that's a sad story right it's sad that i had to hit a squirrel in front of i don't know 500 students but the really really weird thing is when i ran over the squirrel we had it was a warm summer day you know we had the windows down in the car i I was thinking, I, I would bet money that this next statement is true. I can't prove it, but I sure do feel it. When I ran over the squirrel, I swear I heard it go pop. Now, I know that's a horrible thing to say, but, you know, it just, you know, pop. Like, I don't know, like its mouth was full of acorns and it shot the acorns out of its mouth because I ran over you know, a two-ton car running over a four-ounce squirrel. Well, that's not the worst part of it. I hit the squirrel. I hear, supposedly hear, I can't confirm, but I supposedly hear the squirrel go pop. All right, so I got to make sure that, you know, there's students really close to my car, and you can hear them. Like I said, we have the, the windows down. You know, oh, no, oh, God. I'm thinking, okay, come on. It's college students. They're not used to seeing a dead squirrel happen in front of them. Now the squirrel's, you know, on the passenger side of the car. and It wasn't a good thing. So I stop. And I get out. Make sure. I want to make sure that, you know, the squirrel's not in pain. It's, I didn't. You know, students are okay. You know, it's, I'm trying to do the right thing, thing here. I, you know, yeah, I'm a redneck. But I'm trying to do the right thing. Look, I hit an animal in front of students who obviously are upset about all of this. I want to make sure that they're physically okay. They're mentally okay. Whatever. I get out. It's like, uh, everybody okay? How we doing? You know, that, you know, I'm sorry this happened. I tried to avoid it. I talk, look, and like the two or three students that were right beside the car are sprayed with squirrel guts. Now I understand why everybody is freaking out. They were so close to the car that when I hit the squirrel, if it truly, if I truly did hear a pop, it was probably the squirrel exploding and leaving his mark on all these students. I don't know. How do you hit a squirrel going three? Splatter the students. How does this happen? I just, I don't, I don't get it. But, you know, as it all turns out, everybody was fine. The squirrel wasn't obviously fine. You know, the squirrel had passed on to you know, greener trees, so to speak. I just can't believe. What's what's the chances of you driving three miles an hour? You, I can't get out of the way of a squirrel. I have to hit it. That's all for now, folks. This is Three Tails Max signing off. It's not my...